Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As part of iHeartMedia's commitment to the communities we serve, we want to showcase businesses that are driving our regional economy. This is the CEO's You Should Know podcast. Brought to you by DBR and Co. Wealth Partners. I'm your host, Johnny Hartwell, and let's say hello to our CEO of White Deer Run of Allenwood Treatment Centers, Jeffrey Thomas. Welcome, Jeffrey. Good morning. All right, so in addition to a CEO, you're also an MHS, an LPC, and a CAADC. That's a lot of letters. And MHS is a Master of Health Science. Uh, LPC is Licensed Professional Counselor and CAADC, Certified Advanced Alcohol and Drug Counselor. Uh, the MHS is Master's in Human Services. Oh, okay. All right. So there's a lot of letters going on, but you're a CEO. Um, White Deer Run Treatment Network Centers, tell us a little more about your facilities. So we have uh, inpatient detox withdrawal management programs, inpatient rehabilitation partial hospitalization, and outpatient IOP programs throughout Pennsylvania. All right, so inpatient, outpatient, halfway houses, you you run the gamut. How many facilities do you offer? Uh, right at current count is about 17 facilities. And how many of those are in Pennsylvania? All of them? All of those are Pennsylvania. Okay, yes. and where, do you, where is Allenwood? Allenwood's about the center of the state between Williamsport and Harrisburg. Okay, and that's a beautiful uh, part of the state, isn't it? Yeah, it sure is. Uh, so, um, that, But there are some local facilities in and around Pittsburgh, right? Yes, we have a Pittsburgh outpatient program in Southside. Okay, and there's, there's one just north in my hometown of Newcastle as well, right? Yes, Newcastle has an outpatient program. Tell us a little bit about your background. So I've been in the field for 37 years, um, working primarily drug and alcohol, and have uh, some mental health background as well. I, w- I graduated from my master's program in 1995, and I obtained my certification back in, well, it's been a while, 1988. Where are you from originally? Uh, from Danville, Riverside area. Okay, all right. Um, and when did you start with the White Deer Run? 1983. Okay, so you've been with the... Uh with that facility for quite some time. Yep. Now, did you spend the whole time with that with White uh, White Deer Run? Most of my career has been with White Deer Run. I did spend two years with Geisinger Health System in Danville as a addictions counselor. And um, what makes deer, White Deer Run treatment centers a little different? Why would somebody go to your facilities as opposed to maybe other facilities? Uh, probably the primary reason would be the innovation that we're using today. Um, many of the treatment programs today are struggling with drug infiltration, uh, which means patients bringing drugs in. They don't typically do that, you know, for malicious reasons, but because they're concerned about their withdrawal and they're afraid that it's going to be painful, so they sneak drugs in to try to help medicate themselves. So what, what do you do to prevent infiltration? So we're one of the first treatment centers in Pennsylvania to get an x-ray body scanner and an x-ray package scanner to help prevent that from happening. Really? Yep. Wow. Um, 
And so what other innovations do you offer? So we also have, um, we, we offer multiple lines of service. So we believe in total abstinence as a model for treatment, but we also believe in medication-assisted treatment. And so the important thing is matching clients to the right type of treatment. Some people uh, can do well with total abstinence. Others simply can't do it, and they're at risk for overdose. And who determines that? So our professional staff make those determinations. We have specific criteria that we use. Well, you know, you hear a lot about, you know, the war on drugs, and you talk about the, you know, the, um, the explosion of opiates. Um, is that hyperbole, or is that really kind of uh, the reality we live in right now? Yeah, it's really the reality. Um, I mean, opiates have been around forever. Sure. Uh, we started in 1969 treating opiate addiction from folks that are coming back from Vietnam. Uh, but and, and it's always been with us. The problem today is the drugs that are on the street are much more powerful than they were in the past. Fentanyl, for example, is one of the drugs that we find most commonly in, uh, you know, packets of heroin. And so, that, you see, that's, that's very foreign to me. Um, I do have uh, family members who have struggled with addiction. Um, but, you know, these new kind of drugs like fentanyl, you know, obviously, growing up, I've heard of you know the word heroin. It's not in something I've experienced. Um, but w- what is the reason for the explosion of the opiate uh, epidemic? So I don't know if I can answer that, but I what I will tell you is these drugs are so powerful and they give such a good feeling when the individual uses them. People don't start off saying I'm going to be an addict. They start off saying I want to feel good. And they use the medication or they use the street drug. It makes them feel really good and they repeat the process. And very soon after that, they're dependent and they can't stop and they no longer have a choice. And so do they come to the treatment facility because they have to from a, from a legalistic standpoint or is they, do they go voluntarily or is it a combination of both? It's a combination of everything. Yeah. They, they are tired of living the lifestyle they want to stop, but they're unable to stop on their own, or their family recognizes a problem and applies pressure to get them to go to treatment, or the courts apply pressure. Now, there's lots of reasons. When family or the courts pressure somebody to go into a treatment facility, uh, it makes me wonder, you know, because you've heard, um, you know, people who say, you know, I'm not going to change because until, you know, until that person themselves determine that they want to change. I, I know it's hard to put a percentage on, you know, the recovery of somebody who's addicted to drugs. But, um, you know, is it something that, and th- this is something probably uh, a facility, somebody, you know, that, that, you know, that runs this facility would have a better way of answering it. So how do you convince somebody that they ought to give up those drugs? You have them take a look at their goals. What is it that you want to be? What is it that you aspire to be? And are you getting there? And if you're not getting there, what is it that's holding you back? And how can we help you get back on track? What are these drugs doing to your life? Um, Is it what you had hoped for? And if it's not, let's talk about some ways to get you there. When it comes from a, a legal standpoint, um, obviously there's laws that, uh, you know, there's, you know, there's fines and there's jail and everything else. Um, are those an effective deterrent 
to somebody taking drugs? I would say yes. We've seen a lot of patients come in with external motivation who have, during their course of treatment, have turned around and said, I finally found what I was looking for. I don't know if I can do this, but I believe I can try. And if you can teach me how to do this, I I might just be successful. And from a family standpoint, um, do you, uh, do do your facilities offer um, family participation? And does that help? It does. So family is a critical part of treatment. You need to have your support system involved in the program. We know that for every person that's affected by addiction, at least seven other people close to them are impacted by that. And so what kind of interaction do you encourage from the family? So we have an uh, educational program. We bring families up to educate them about the disease of addiction, about the various treatment methods, and what they can do to support their loved one, and to help hold them accountable as well. All right, so if somebody's listening now, and they may have a family member, or maybe themselves, how do they contact you? So there are a couple of options. You can, uh, you can contact us directly at the White Deer Untreatment Network. Uh, you can contact your local single county authority. So, for example, here in Allegheny County, the Allegheny County Department of Human Services can offer support and can direct you to the proper treatment program. Uh, we have contracts with every county in the state of Pennsylvania, so we have options for funding to help get your loved one into the program. And how long is the general treatment? So treatment's individually based. Uh, you could be there anywhere from a couple of days for detox uh, into a couple of days for rehab, all the way up to up to 90 days. Now, we talked a little bit about drugs, but I'm sure you, you also see your share of alcohol issues as well. We do. Uh, about 10% of our patients are alcohol dependent. Most of our patients are dependent on alcohol and other substances, and about 80% are opioid dependent. And what is the overall philosophy of your addiction rehab centers? So we believe that uh, with proper treatment, counseling, medication, where appropriate, uh, you can recover from the disease. And we recommend total abstinence except for any medications prescribed by a physician. What are the average ages? So the bulk of our programs are adult, 18 and above. Uh, We do have one program uh, in the Pocono Mountain region that does accept adolescents now, uh, Huntington Creek Recovery Center. And uh, I I was reading your bio, and it mentioned that um, you also have dealt with addiction. Is that something that we can talk about? Yeah, we sure can. All right, so tell us a little bit about your experience. So um, I was, uh, I developed a chemical dependency back in, let's see, it would have been 1976, right around high school. Okay. And continued for about five years, uh, very heavy into a number of drugs, what they referred to in the day as a garbage head. And uh, I went to White Deer Treatment Center for treatment in 1982, and I've been sober ever since. So do you use your experience when you're talking to people who are in the facility? Yes. And so what kind of, uh, what kind of advice do you, do, you, do you give them via your experience? Yeah, so primarily what we tell our patients, and I say we because many of our staff are in recovery, not everyone, but many are. If, if I can get sober, anybody can get sober. Now, really, is that something that, you know, I'm sure they hear that, but is that kind of, does that ring true to a lot of people? 
I believe it does. Why is that? Why is your story different than what they're going through? I, I would say, so, you know, I spent a lot of my time thinking about why am I doing this? How can I stop? And I attempted many times to stop and I was unsuccessful. And it wasn't until I reached out to other people who had the same problem that were able to help me collectively Uh, we got better together. And so um, going to treatment, I started to hear things that I already knew to be true. Like you have the ability to be anybody you want to be. You have the ability to stop doing this if you're willing to do certain things. And that's really the key. Are you willing? Um, And I decided that I was. And I saw folks in that program who had recovered and were going on with a meaningful life. They had children. They had families. They had material things, and more importantly, they had a belief in a power greater than themselves. So they believe in a God who took care of them, and that was appealing to me. And so I latched onto it, and I listened to what they were telling me, and here I am today. Now, I'm not asking you to name names, but I am kind of curious on, do you have any specific stories of success stories? We do. Uh, We have an alumni program at White Deer Run. All of our sites have it. And many of our patients will contact us. Uh, We stay in contact with them through email and phone. And we invite them back for monthly uh, visits, monthly alumni reunions. And we have an annual alumni reunion. And so we hear back from these folks often. Uh, We may not hear from them for a year. And all of a sudden we get an email saying, I just wanted to thank you and the staff because today I got married. Uh, Mm -hmm. Today, um, you know, I'm planning my family. I have a career. Uh, we have folks that have gone through our program who are now physicians, assistants, doctors, lawyers. We have other folks who are, you know. So it's all walks of life. It is. It, it really is. And everything from, uh, you know, teenagers on up. Yes. People who uh, are addicted, uh, maybe with drugs or alcohol, um, is it, can you honestly say um, you, you can just dabble in something you know maybe like have a drink every once in a while or is it is it complete abstinence that that is necessary if you are truly dependent and you are if you are a chemically dependent person then we don't believe that you can dabble because dabbling will take you back to that lifestyle again all right so somebody's listening and says well i just dabbled i'm not really addicted how do you know how do you know you're at that level of addiction. If you begin to question that you have a problem, that's a warning sign. Yeah. That's a huge warning sign. What are the warning signs? Using substances more often than you would like to, um, paying consequences for your use, uh, having withdrawal symptoms when you try to stop on your own. Using uh, by yourself, maybe? Like, uh, is that a, an indication of somebody's uh, possibly addicted to some sort of substance? Sure. Uh, using alone, using in the morning, using throughout the day. Okay. Uh, giving up other, other activities in lieu of using. So what is your biggest challenge? Uh, I think the, the biggest challenge for us is the disappointment when we see someone who wants to continue on with a path that brought them to treatment in the first place. Okay. And so what do you do? What advice do you have? How do you, how do you steer them back onto the right path? So like I had said earlier, we try to explore what is your life goal? What do you want? What do you want to accomplish? What do you want to be? Uh, and then we use that as a motivating factor to try to help get them back on track. 
is each person different? Is there there, there isn't a um, you know there isn't a silver bullet? Everybody has to kind of decide on their own, right? Right. Back in the '60s and the the '70s, the approach to treatment was the same for everyone, and that didn't work very well. You know, maybe one in ten people would get it. Uh, today, it's strength based. Um, we look at what are your strengths. Oh, strength based. What? Yeah, I was going to ask you to explain a little more about that. What is that? Yeah. So, what is it that you do well? What What do you want to do well? What are the things about you that make you a unique person? What are your skills? Those are the things that we build on. And once you develop a foundation based on strengths and skills, then they can begin to recover by using those things that they've learned over the years as a starting point. That becomes their foundation. All right. So this is kind of an unusual question, simply because I'm really curious. When it comes to marketing, do you get a lot of referrals from hospitals, uh, from um you know, police? Do you get people who are come to you individually? Where do your patients come from? So we get a wide variety of referrals. Um, everything that you just named, all the way down to the individual that's walking on the streets. I, I had a guy from Pittsburgh at one point. He walked up to a police officer and he said, "Here's my, here's my paraphernalia. Here's my drug. I need help." Okay. And they took him to a program. And unfortunately, I can't recall the name of it here in Pittsburgh, but um, he went to that program and they referred him to us for treatment. And so what happens? What happens when somebody does that? Where, where do they do they go in inpatient? Do they go? How, who, how do you determine whether they're inpatient, outpatient or halfway house or how does that how is that determined? So we do a pre-screening when we get a call uh, to our admissions department about a particular individual uh, we arrange a call with that person and we ask a variety of questions. And from that, we'll determine if they should be referred to outpatient, a halfway house program, a partial, or an inpatient program. For inpatient, typically, uh, they would need detoxification. They would need habilitation as opposed to rehabilitation. Uh, perhaps they have a mental health problem that's not under good control in combination with their drug and alcohol. Uh, all of those things determine which level of care is most appropriate. That was going to be my next question. You mentioned there's going to be doctors and lawyers and professionals, but you also have your share of people who have uh, a, a, a mental problem. Um, mm -hmm. Do you treat the mental problem first, or do you treat them both at the same time, or how, how do you determine that? Is that through the questionnaire as well? Right. So what we do is we first we detoxify the individual, what they now refer to as withdrawal management. Um, once the drug is out of their system, we evaluate for psychiatric disorders, and then we, we provide concurrent treatment for both. All right, let me ask some personal questions. What is your passion? What is your personal passion? What drives you? What drives me is I, uh, for the last 30 years, I want to see people get better like I did. I want to see them recover from this disease and go on and have a great life. So this is something that you do on a daily basis? Every so day. Is, yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, and what motivates you? I would tell you seeing people get better. I, I walk around our facility and I talk to our patients regularly. And when they say, thanks for the great meal, thanks for the great counseling, um, I got to tell you about my counselor, how good he is to me. 
that's what makes that's what keeps me going so when when they somebody goes into the facility do you offer you know individual counseling do you have group counseling or is it a, a combination of both so we have a combination of both we have an assessment process where we learn about the patient what is it that you need what is it that drives you um, what do you want and then from that we develop a treatment plan and we use group individual counseling structured group activities recovery wrap meetings with people who are in recovery in AA or NA program, a variety of other recovery programs out there. All right. So if somebody's listening and maybe they dabble or maybe they, they're considering some of those signs that we, we talked about, mm-hmm. what advice do you have for them? First thing I would do is if you're questioning whether or not you have a problem, the likelihood is you do. And so the next step would be to seek an assessment from a professional. Uh, it's completely confidential. You don't have to worry about it being passed on to family if you don't want. Go in for the assessment and find out for yourself. Tell the truth. Ask questions. Find out what your options are. Go, and what is the future of white deer treatment facilities? What is the future for you guys? Well, so unfortunately, our future is growing. Uh, and I say unfortunately because that means there are more people out there that need this service. Um, It'd be great if the number of people needing the service declined, but we're here to we're here to help, and so our future is growth. Um, our future is more technology to treat addiction. Frankly, I'd like to try to find a cure for this disease because right, right now there is no cure. Uh, on your website, and what is the website again? Uh, it's www.whitedeerrun.com, and it's in Allenwood. Pennsylvania, which is a beautiful part of the state. Tell us a little bit about the campus because it's a beautiful facility. Yeah, so the campus is on 150 acres. Uh, About 75 of those acres are dedicated to our our buildings. We have about 24 buildings, five different treatment units, and a detox program. So it's like five small rehabs within one larger rehab. Uh, We are a co-ed detox, but we are a gender-specific program. And so the women are treated in two separate women's units, and the men are treated in three distinct men's units. And very soon we'll be adding a co-ed adult, uh, older adult program. And you have a, a number of facilities in and around Pennsylvania. Uh, does everybody go to Allenwood and then go to a different facility, or do they stop by maybe a, a Pittsburgh branch? Or how does that work? What is that? So we have, we have a centralized call center where we do assessment and triage. Um, when you call any of our numbers, you'll automatically get staff that represent that particular program. So if you're calling White Deer Run of Allenwood, you'll go to White Deer Run of Allenwood unless you would be better suited to a different program, and that would be something we would talk to you about on the phone. Um, <clears throat> we then uh, we try to match programming with the needs of the patient. So if someone needs medication-assisted treatment, they might go to Bowling Green Brandywine down in Kennett Square or they might come to White Deer Run of Allenwood. If you want total abstinence and you don't want MAT, you could go to CoForge Williamsburg. And so we have a variety of facilities that have different specialties. And once again, if somebody is listening and wants to um, inquire either for a family member or themselves, uh, can you give them the website and the phone number and the, the information that they'll need to contact you? Yes. So you can just go to www.whitedeerrun.com. And you can ask for an assessment online, and we'll contact you. Or you can call the 800 number, 
that's on that website. I believe it's an 888 number. That will take you to a call center of folks that know addiction and know about our programs, and they will assess you and make recommendations. Jeffrey Thomas, CEO of White Deer Run of Allenwood uh, Treatment Network, a CEO you should know. Jeffrey, thank you so much. Thank you. This has been the CEO You Should Know podcast, showcasing businesses that are driving our regional economy, part of iHeartMedia's commitment to the communities we serve. Presented by DBR and Co. Wealth Partners. I'm your host, Johnny Hartwell. Thank you so much for listening. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.